Hello and welcome to the second episode of Rocket Talk, a podcast where a bunch of aerospace nerds from Horizon Rockets discuss the ins and outs of the aerospace industry. Today we'll be discussing, you know, just honestly some of our broader topics, um, you know, revealing how we are revealing our opinions on uh, most launch providers now. And I guess a good up and comer and kind of a good first starter for this episode um, would be SpaceX. So. I know we talked about this a lot last episode, but I'm going to ask now, in for everyone here, initial thoughts. Go. <laughs> um, I feel like they're kind of bringing like a newer kind of feel to space stuff because it was all before like one and done. You just kind of use it and then throw it away. Use it and throw it away. Now they're kind of reusing everything, which is really cool. I think, I don't know. Have you get? There's the video that they posted about like it's called "How Not to Land an Orbital Class Rocket Booster." Have you get? It's just a compilation of them blowing up their rockets over and over again. I mean, that sounds believable. <laughs> hey man, research and technology is not it's, it's not easy. You can't get a first try. I mean, also trying to reland your boosters is not. An easy task. Yeah, especially because they like they're coming in from space at God knows how fast. It's like how fast is it? It's well, it's uh, nine or nine point eight meters a second. Yeah, because I know that orbital velocity, well, that's gravity, but I know that like orbital velocity is uh, seventeen thousand uh, miles per hour. So I don't yeah. know. Well, what your speed is when you first re-enter. Yeah, that's true. I, like, I mean, every every second you're dropping. Because then again, I guess I guess the speed is slowly decreasing as you enter, like you said, David, the thicker atmosphere because it gets thicker as you go more down. I guess. <laughs> so it. No matter what, you're still dropping at nine point eight meters a second. Yeah, that's when you hit terminal velocity. Uh, but still, dude, landing a skyscraper tall booster. Like, so I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, they have a factory up in Hawthorne, California. It's like Southern Los Angeles area, and. In the factory there, and right outside the factory, there's a Falcon 9, like an old, obviously an old decommissioned Falcon 9, and it's standing there, and I was approaching it, I think, I was, yeah, I was approaching the building from the north side, so I was like traveling north next to it, and I went under this bridge, and you could see the booster just towering over the top of the bridge, like maybe a good half of it, so, and that was maybe from a good two football fields away. <laughs> so I think that really just goes to show how insanely tall these things are and landing them takes so much energy. It's insane, but I don't know. Those are my personal opinions. And yeah. Fun fact. I actually got to touch that Falcon 9 booster. It was pretty cool. You touched it? Where? Yeah. It was like an employee and there's like a little gate that you can go in if you have like a keyboard. Yeah. And I took it from there. Yeah. Dude, I want to go inside that factory so badly. <laughs> Yeah, I got to do it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool inside. Um, a lot of the stuff you're not allowed to talk about. So oh, most God. of the stuff you're not allowed to talk about. Taylor, not for the sake yeah. of this episode, please. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. That's probably about as much as I'm about to say. Mm, great. I forgot which launch they had, but uh, kind of going on for the boosters. I wish they had kind of a better like 
video quality or not not quality but like service because yeah i don't recall the landing but they were doing a boost landing and it cut out right as soon as it was about to land and that's like the best part of oh yeah there was i forgot what launch it was but they did a launch once where the video or the like the video footage of the landing was so perfect it was incredible i think it was the one where i think it was the uh crew demo it was the demo two mission the second time spacex tried to launch the humans up to the iss the 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 second launch attempt of the first mission that's hard to say <laughs> but um i think that one was the one with like the perfect launch footage i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah so i guess so you guys obviously think pretty pretty well of spacex naturally I don't know. The thing I don't, I don't like. Know. I feel like you're going to cut our heads off if we say something else. <laughs> wow, I don't Taylor. Mean that literally. I don't mean that literally. <laughs> um, there, oh my god. I don't know if any of you saw the launch footage of that, like I said, the first like the first mission where they tried to launch humans, or they did, not tried. <laughs> they launched humans up into space, but uh, on the ISS. Um. The NASA uh, director, I think, he's like the director of operation. His name's like Jim Bridenstine. Or he's the administrator. That's what it is. He's a NASA administrator. His name's like Jim Bridenstine. I hate him <laughs> so much. I'm going to explain why. I was watching the footage of like, you know, like the pre-launch conferences, the post-launch conferences and everything. And this guy, I tell you, I feel like he's just been waiting for SpaceX to make do something big. Because NASA, I forgot how long it's been since they launched a rocket, but it's been a really, really long time. SpaceX did like 26 missions in the year of 2020, and which is obviously a lot for space travel. And this guy, uh, he continues to refer in like the launch conferences and stuff of when they launched the humans up to the ISS. He continues to refer to like, we're so excited about our... Um, like private commercial launch customers, like how about you, why aren't you doing it yourself, you know? Because <laughs> to me, I feel like they're just waiting for, um, they're waiting for like people to do their work for them. And I feel like that's what SpaceX did is now NASA's coming in here like, oh wait, SpaceX did exactly what we're trying to do. So I'm gonna go ahead and bum off them. Sure, we can make it sound like we're all doing a, doing okay and, and I don't know. To me, it bothers me because I see the work that they're doing and the fact that a government agency that's been launching rockets for, God, since the 1950s, I think. I don't, when we went to the moon in 69, which means, yeah, I'd say 1950s, hasn't even, I don't know, hasn't even gotten to where SpaceX is now. <laughs> but those are my personal thoughts. Does anyone, what's next? Yeah, so, um, yeah, NASA really hasn't done anything, I feel like. They're kind of just waiting for other people to do it. And, yeah, but another one that's coming up is kind of like Blue Origin, and that's kind of Jeff Bezos' oh, one. Lord. <laughs> we talked about this one last time, but um, can't hurt to go over it again. I, uh, I have no kind things to say about the Blue Origin topic. Let's just say... Oh, God. I don't want to start ranting about it because it's going to be so bad. <laughs> this episode is going to be like... I feel like they kind of tried to do 
what the fuck did and then didn't do as good of a job. Yeah, they're trying. I feel like they're trying. They're trying. We'll give them credit for that. They tried. But um, I just don't feel like they did as good of a job. Know what I mean? Yeah. I think. Especially with how modern shuttle companies are going compared to like the old ones. Now all the modern ones are trying to land reusable and stuff. While like NASA was like with their space shuttle trying to land like a plane and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just a lot more complicated than I yeah. think they were expecting. Because Bezos is probably just like, oh, Elon, Elon's doing this. Let's let's, let's try it. <laughs> like I said last yeah, episode, it's like. It's about the kid that's like the cool kid on the block that's like, you have this and I want it, so I'm gonna take it. <laughs> um They I know that SpaceX is working on their uh their Starship rocket right now. The Starship SN9 is actually set to launch sometime by the end of this week, I think. They're really close. Uh that's kind of what our rocket Vanguard is actually going to be um you know based based on. So I think that's going to be really cool to see that SN9 take off and their their version to try to combat SN9 is going to be apparently New Glenn which is uh their like heavy lift orbital class or their heavy lift lunar rocket which dude good lord <laughs> Anywho, I feel like somebody just misspelled gen like next new generation but they just misspelled it <laughs> Glenn how about that <laughs> I think it's named after like because I know that I know that the new shepherd which is like their current little suborbital class rocket is like it's called the new shepherd because it's named after alan shepherd which i think is the first person ever to go to orbit so i guess they're just on a naming things after someone spree oh <laughs> uh, well i didn't know that but it's, yeah yeah it feels like they just like uh threw an extra l in there because somebody messed it up and nobody <laughs> fixed it <laughs> but yeah i feel like bezos he said he said like his inspiration for starting that was like watching the shuttle programs and like you said taylor i think it is really cool that like nasa was able to launch a rocket but have it come back as a plane you know yeah and even if you look back in the past of like the german v2 rockets and like the first ever uh icbm like intercontinental ballistic missile to ever fly was from like world mm -hmm. war ii that time frame but i think yeah here's what i think would have been cool i think if someone had made like they're kind of doing this now with like uh there's a company called virgin galactic that's like sending a little rocket airplane up on a plane like really high and then they're dropping the rocket plane and then it's shooting across the atmosphere i think it would have been really cool to like i don't know if this is good for world war ii technology but like if you had taken up your rocket on a like let's say a b-17 bomber which is one of those massive like radial engined planes and you would just <laughs> drop your like rocket missile <laughs> Or a rocket bomb yeah. and have it just shoot across. But then again, uh, David, do you you know a little bit about World War II? Do you think do you know of a plane that could d even do that? To carry a rocket like that, I would probably want to say maybe a B twenty nine. B twenty nine. Something like that. That's the B twenty nine Stratofortress, right? One of the big, uh, the, like the uh, big uh, silver ones. Yes, that's the one that dropped the uh, Enola. Or no, that's the name of the plane. The Enola Gay is the one that. It's a uh, type of plane that dropped the atomic bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Nothing. Japan was like, we have brand new airplanes. We have the Mitsubishi. The, they make cars now, don't they? Oh, geez. Yeah. The cars Mitsubishi. and a lot of other stuff. Actually, I have a, I have a Mitsubishi uh, TV as well. Seriously? Like, yeah, dude, this thing is huge. Um, but I'll send a photo later, but that thing... Yeah, it's like 12 years old, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice TV. I know that like Mitsubishi was like, hey, so we have a new plane. Let's go test it out in the Americans. 
And then <laughs> they bombed us at Pearl Harbor and they attacked Pearl Harbor. And then after that, the, um, we were just like, yeah, no. Nice try, buddy, but um, no. <laughs> they basically just woke up a, a dormant uh, like monster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Germany is, I think, I don't, do you know very much about Germany's like position and aircraft of World War II? Yeah, they were the most, they were the most advanced. And they yeah. Because I know that, like, they made the BF-109, which and actually... And they were the first to create the, what is the Messerschmitt 112, I want to say, is the the jet, and the first ever... Oh, it's, it's not the, the first ever, it's like the um, first in action uh, jet engine. That was the, I think that was the Messerschmitt 262. Yeah, or, I think, yeah, that's what it was. It's funny because, I don't know if you guys have heard this, David, you've probably heard of this a little bit. Do you know of the ME-109? ME-109, yeah, that sounds familiar. It's the the reason why it's it's actually not made by Measurement. It's made by a company, oh. I'm going to try to pronounce it. I've been practicing a lot recently, so I think I'm pretty good. But it's... You mean the BF-109, right? What happened? You mean the BF-109? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I do. The The Bayerische Flugzeugwerke is it's, it's German for Bavarian Aircraft Works. It was a company that made the BF-109. But then what happened was Measurement was like, okay, I like this, but I want it. So uh, yeah. at that point, Bayerische merged with Measurement, and that's why it's called that. Sometimes it's called the MU-109 and BF-109. Technically, it's BF-109 because it was made by Bayerische before it was acquired by Measurement. So I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. But <laughs> yeah. And then the dude, those ME-262s, God, at the time, they were like, Sky Ragers. <laughs> they were not easy to fight. Oh yeah, I think. But, uh, there, I think there are ways that we were able to outmaneuver them. Yeah, the thing is because, like you said, with the outmaneuvering, they're jet engines. Yeah. And it's a much like bigger, I think, and heavier plane, so it's a lot harder to maneuver. But the props, yeah. the, the one problem is they had so much speed that it was almost it was very hard for them to turn, which yeah. is which made them very vulnerable to. Attacks and it was harder for them to get behind like a a, pro, a propeller plane like a P fifty one. Yeah, dude, those, those P fifty ones are more nice. agile and they are slower, but they're they can fly longer and they're uh, they're more agile. Yeah, so. I wonder like in terms of speed. I know that the jet aircraft because if you look at it, really, jet engines have no limitation on how fast they can fly. I yeah. mean, they do, and they do, and they don't. They do because of air resistance and obviously all those other things that eventually they will reach a peak efficiency. But I feel like propeller planes have that much lower peak efficiency because the bite of the blade, like the pitch of the propeller of the prop blade, spins, and that's what makes you go forward. It you know grabs air and pulls up behind it. And Newton's third law for every action, obviously an equal reaction, pushes the plane forward. But the problem is. You can only go so fast with the prop plane because eventually you start moving so fast that the air that's oncoming is more than the propeller is biting itself. Well, like biting, I mean like scooping. Like it's more than the propeller is actually scooping. It's more air than it's scooping and pushing, pulling away. So I think that yeah. that's the problem with prop planes is that it kind of hits this like invisible wall because the prop is moving so, and the plane is moving so fast that the air that's oncoming is more than the prop is biting which means that it's like not able to push any more back than what it's already doing. And that's kind of where it's lacking is because it's, it it's going so fast that it's actually slowing down, <laughs> which yeah. I think is pretty cool. And 
yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> also, when they, uh, if they even attempted, if the um, fighter jets, the, uh, the ME-262 tried to, like, turn really hard when they were going at max speed, they would either leave their speed and get annihilated, or yeah. they were, or they're going for, like, a, not a dive bomb, where they were diving straight to the ground, and they tried to pull up, like, instantly, those wings are going to pop off. Yeah, that's what happens when you turn all of your potential energy into con- even nowadays, like with flying planes. I'm because I've, oh, I've yeah. flown a couple of times. Like when you are going that fast and you turn, like you're building potential energy, but in that way, or what happens is when you, I think it's no, I think it's the other way around. When you're turning all of your kinetic energy into potential energy, because when you're falling, like you said, and you immediately pull up, the amount of stress and g force your wings feel just it tears yeah. them right off. <laughs> For me, I, I fly in a Cessna 182. I told you about this, but yeah. the idea for that kind of plane is you want to stay in the air, so you can't really do any dive or mm-hmm. like you can't really do any of that. You can, but it's not safe or any of that. Yeah. But uh, like just like I've practiced that like, stalling and just doing that. Like when you start dropping, you just when you pull back up, you start. You can already feel so many Gs from that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever gotten, like, zero G in a Cessna 172? Uh, I've been trying to convince my dad to do it, but the problem is that we, uh, over at the air- airport we, we fly at, there's so much activity going on. Yeah. It's, it's not the safest thing to do. Unless I've, I've gone on trips to, like, Utah and other places. Yeah. When we're, I'll, I'll try to do it another time when I'm a little more experienced, but in that case we can because there's less uh, air traffic going through yeah. there unless we pass uh, Nevada and Vegas. I know that this company is making like, there's, I think Airbus is also trying to do this, but they're trying to make like electric uh, general aviation planes. But when I yeah, say general aviation, for, what happened? I said, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Because I mean, if you think about it, you have electric cars, so why not make electric vehicles? However, or no, you know, why not make electric like air transport? But the problem with that is you need a bigger battery to supply more voltage yeah. to the motor. But then if you That's have, what I want to say. Like, how do you like how how do you know if, how efficient it is? Yeah. it could be worse than it's a big the, paradox. Because <laughs> the, the battery could be worse than just burning off like that's like fifty gallons worth of fuel. Mm-hmm. Probably more same... than that. But uh, going back to the planes, have you heard of the uh, the uh, Blomin Voss BV two thirty eight? Not even close. No. <laughs> I consider it like more or less a, like a, a a joke, but also kind of like a meme plane. Uh, so I want to look it up. Just look up BB two thirty eight. It is a six engine uh, water German flying boat. It's a thing. It's a bomber, but that thing did not last very long. And really, I think it's it. The first flight was in like forty four, and I don't think it was ever successful. So it was like it was like young, young, young then. Yeah, it was. Oh, the... It came out kind of late in the war, but if you look at it, those things are they're really cool. But I yeah. Probably not the best in the fly. You're a, and they fly pretty slow, so it's probably not the you're you're a target. And now we're gonna go ahead and brief you with things that we've been up to recently, David. Uh, our general manager is gonna go ahead and give you that information. Okay, so for last week on uh, for the eleventh, sorry, uh, for last month, we uh, recently Horizon Rockets design team has gained another three D printer for printing models. And now the team can print many models at the same time. Uh, the Horizon Rock or Tech Tech team has finally updated or uploaded Arduino code successfully. The Tech team has advanced pro- progress for Vanguard, a technologically advanced model rocket. The Tech team is also working on making Horizon Rockets website a HTML-based website. 
instead of our current Wix site. A mega launch is coming in the near future. We're going to test launch a mega in a few weeks. Horizon is hoping to get Omega tested and begin sales soon. Horizon is designing concepts for Vanguard and a technologically advanced model rocket. And that is currently everything that we are uh, we're working on as of now. So, yeah. <laughs> but I noticed that I completely kind of skipped over what uh what our chief of design Taylor said, and I didn't mean to do that at all, and I'm sorry. So I'm gonna go ahead and go back to that for a minute. Um, I completely agree with you. I think that I I think that uh like you said, the modernization of tech could or the modernization of like design and printing technology could could do you think you could sum up whether it'd be beneficial or not to the like propeller driven aircraft industry? I feel like um, they've been able to come a lot further with the propeller-driven industry because of the designs yeah. and the technology made to build the jet engines and stuff. So I don't think we'd be as far as we are with flying in general and specifically propeller-driven aircraft. It kind of sucks because if you look at all of the military aircraft now, they're all... So like, sure, we're all moving over to jets. You know, you have the F-35, you have the F-22, you have a ton of other fighter jets like that. And then even then, you have, like, your big, like, transport aircraft, like your C-17 Globemaster, your C-5 Galaxy. You have a ton of things like that. And nowadays, they're just no more piston-driven aircraft. because, And if it is a propeller-driven aircraft, or there's no piston-engined propeller-driven aircraft, because if it is a propeller-driven aircraft now... It's what's called a turboprop, which is basically sticking a propeller onto a jet engine. And it's not like there's no old-fashioned radial engine where you hear that the big roar of the engine come to life. And I think that that's really sad and kind of good at the same time because we're moving on from our old habits of from our old like tech. And now we're making new and better stuff that will help us you know, in the future with our war efforts. Yeah, um, I feel like they're kind of pushing out all the old stuff, not in just aircraft and stuff, but in everything almost. Like, you're not seeing any really old computers anymore. Nobody's yeah. using them. Nobody's using, like, metallic tape or whatever, like the, the tape with the holes in it. Oh, just not memory anymore or yeah. something. So I feel like it's just part of how technology grows. It kind of throws out the old stuff to make room for the new stuff. I mean, I see how that... There's like ups and downs to either, honestly. Um, because I mean, like, you know, you have your propeller or your like old turboprop, or nowadays you have your jet engine and your turboprop driven aircraft, but like, I don't know, there's just something about I think it's just the nostalgia, you know, of hearing those pistons, like I said, moving and just a lot of things working. I don't know, I just feel like. I don't know, to me it's sad because you kind of grow to love these old World War II birds, but then you, now you're looking at it and you're like, this is not what I know as, this is not what I knew as the military at least. I, I don't know. That's my personal opinion on it. It's a little sad, but, you know, I mean, then again, I see why, you know, if you have new technology, why, like why would you stick with a flip phone? when you have the money and everything you can't, or you, you can basically afford a, you know, nowadays it's an iPhone, what is it, 12, I think we're on? Yeah, 12 yeah. Pro 
throw something. Yeah, just when you can have something like that. But I don't know. Is it cool? Yeah. Is it sad? Yeah. But you know, I guess it's. I guess it's just like way your values. You know. Well, kind of like what you said with the uh, like the flip phone or the iPhone. If you think about it, like for instance, like a the Nokia phone, those things like are unbreakable. Oh yeah. But and then the iPhone, it's like just drop it once and it, like the whole screen cracks. Mm. So I mean, like yeah, there there are some uh, downsides to moving up, and but then it is in a way probably more beneficial to have uh, that better phone for like making calls or yeah. doing whatever, or just like faster, like just faster in every way. Quality and stuff. Speaking of like the um, evolution of technology, I know that I've just, I've been so astonished with the 3D printing industry, to be honest with you, because I remember like three years ago, they were making these printers that like weren't that high quality. They, they made what you wanted, but the resolution, like the layer height of the print wasn't even that good really. And um, I think, I don't know, it's just, and nowadays you're looking at it We've got printers that are printing buildings out of concrete now. And Taylor, as, as someone who owns a 3D printer and myself as someone who's soon to, is there anything that I should know or that our listeners should know if they own a 3D printer or like are in that, you know, market, I guess you could say, the mer manufacturing market? Yeah, I feel like you get what you pay for. If you're going to, if you want a good printer, you're going to have to spend a few hundred bucks. But they sell relatively cheap ones for I think they sell them for some for under a hundred bucks, but you, you get what you pay for. Yeah. It's a very advanced technology. And so say like you can get a pair of shoes that are ninety bucks and they'll say they're really good, they're really sturdy and stuff because they're expensive more expensive than most shoes, I feel like. Um to be fair, I'm not wearing designer shoes and I'm walking around tennis shoes, but, <laughs> so <laughs> um but if you got like a hundred dollar pair of shoes, you would say that's a really good pair of tennis shoes. You feel like not designer level, but just durable and have probably the newest technologies in them and stuff like mm -hmm. Nike and stuff. But um, you printers, they're a lot more technologically advanced than say that. So say a $94 printer, that's like the lowest price you'll get for a printer. And you can't, so one thing that I found is prices pretty much stay the same on printers even if they're older so like older printers will cost the same amount as they do when they first came out so like i say this printer that i originally started with it was 250 bucks when it came out yeah um, i got it and then it's still 250 bucks two or three years later and it's like the lowest quality one that you can buy but it's like i feel like you can't just go with something old expecting it to be cheap you kind of have to do your research and find a good one yeah well, which which printer do you have? Because I feel like I know that I know you have like a certain brand. I think it's like Ender. I'm not too familiar with them. I'm more familiar with like MakerBot and uh, Dremel because I know that. Guess what? Dremel, this the same tool that you have in your garage, like a little buzz saw, makes 3D printers. So, <laughs> um, which which brand do you have? Yeah, so it's the Creality. It's the Creality three uh, Ender three. Hmm. You have the Pro one because I think so it's, it's a Pro it's, one. Oh yeah, it is the pro, yeah. Uh, yep. How but do you? That's the one I found. That's the best, like, kind of one for like newer users, like yeah. me. And it's on a pretty good price point for what it is. So it's like a it's budget. It'll print pretty much anything. So it's like, would you say that's the best bang for your buck? If you're if you're like shopping on a budget. Say, 
Yeah, I think they're like, I'll find it. I think they're like 350 bucks or something. Huh. But it does a lot of stuff for, I feel like it's the most bang for a buck if you're going to get one. This is not a sponsored segment, I should add, because I don't, I don't <laughs> <Yes>. want. <laughs> not, hashtag not sponsored. Um, yeah, because I know, oh my god, I've got a terrible story. Taylor and you, David, too, this is probably going to make you just want to cry with me. But, oh god, I'm ready. it's Bring terrible. It Dude, it's so bad. So, I had gotten myself, I was like shopping, and I had saved up a lot and everything, and I had like... I finally got myself, I don't know, I forgot how, because I honestly just wanted to erase from my memory. But I had gotten a MakerBot Replicator Plus, I think. Yeah, I got the MakerBot Replicator Plus. That is like an industrial 3D printer. It's ungodly, like, I don't want to brag. <laughs> and I know it sounds even worse saying that, but it's a very expensive printer. And let me tell you, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's thing i found with some of those printers what was it was it a MakerBot? oh yeah it was the MakerBot replica and it was funny because i feel like MakerBots, they everybody praises them but when they oftentimes come broken yeah i know i'm not saying this to make anybody go to MakerBot angry or anything but i feel <laughs> like they oftentimes come broken and that's just something because like i've seen people have gotten MakerBots, and i feel like like just But, um, yeah, I just feel like, I feel like, um, yeah, I just feel like if you're going to, I just don't feel like it's the best yeah. brand to go with. Everybody praises them and stuff, but they just, I just, I've seen a lot of people who've gotten it and they're just, I just, I'm just disappointed with that large of a company doing mm. that. I, I was mean? so like, God, I was so excited because the problem is, okay. First of all, I think a big red flag here is in the printer itself, like when you first open the box and everything, it comes with this like wonderful packaging. They asked, they packaged it so beautifully, in my opinion. You have like your central box with your included filament and everything right in the middle. And around it is all the packaging with the printer underneath and stuff. So, but when I opened the box, I was like, oh, cool. There should be an instruction manual telling me how to set it up. This would be easy. Guess what there wasn't? an instruction manual <laughs> so i'm i opened the printer and i'm opening the box and everything and i'm looking through i'm like okay cool so all of the things that look like they should come off for like you know safety reasons and stuff for like the make sure nothing moves around when it is being shipped and stuff if it looks like it should come off chances are it needs to come off so what I did was I was like okay cool so you know I removed the little the uh the piece of foam underneath the build plate to you know like make sure the build plate doesn't move i removed that took off the orange tape around it just to keep the foam on remove the belt clips because you know the motors have belts on them so i removed the clips for the belt so that the motors could start to move freely in the over i think it's called like the the crane or something like that could move freely and so i did all that and then i took there's i god i think this is such a horrible design but they they sell the extruder and the like they, they had the extruder comes w or needs to be attached to the actual crane part that actually moves on the printer. So it's a like dual piece system. And I think what, what I ended up doing at least was I took the, 
um, I took the jacket, you know, like, because I don't know if you know this, but 3D printers work, well, for our listeners at least, they work by heating up plastic, basically, and molding it in the shape or, like, printing, I guess, and moving around and basically layer by layer producing the shape that you made. So what happened was, for me, I had taken off that, there was, like, a little jacket is what it's called. It's, like, a, it's made of fiberglass paper, I think, and it's wrapped around the nozzle to keep it insulated so that it keeps... So like it stays hot so that it can melt the plastic. But so I took that off and I put it up all back together and everything. And I was just about to print something, but it would go like 10 seconds in. And all of a sudden it'd be like MakerBot error 57. This is a problem. <laughs> so I Googled it and it showed, Hey, error 57 is when you aren't is when like, is when your extruder is too cool. So it cools down more than it can, more than it, like, oh yeah, you you have to preheat it or no it, yeah like um it automatically yeah. did that. But the problem is oh so yeah on a lot of print files it'll do it automatically. But if it doesn't, you have to preheat it. Yeah, but because I took the jacket off, it wouldn't stay that temperature. Oh, so you, you broke it. I, pretty much. <laughs> so I ordered. <laughs> I pretty much broke it, but I didn't know this because there was once again no instruction manual on what you need to take off. So yeah, I feel like it's. They're very not user-friendly. Yeah. I don't feel like they're the best brand for someone who's kind of getting, like, their first or second or maybe third printer or I something. Think... But because, like, they don't really know. Maybe they do, but, like, I just feel like they're not the easiest to use, set up, and yeah. print with. I know my way around a, print, around a printer pretty well, but um, I still feel like I would not be able to just kind of set one of those up they seem pretty complicated yeah i i I like to think i know pretty a lot about 3d printing as well but the problem that i have is when you make a product you need to tell people how to use it (laughs) you can't just say oh remove this remove that and then oh you didn't you remove this on accident well now you're screwed you know like at least come with replacement parts come with things that the customer can say okay this doesn't work here's an alternative that came with it here's how it does work and everything and the worst part is yeah make our customer service like MakerBot customer service wouldn't do anything they'd say oh that's unfortunate <laughs> boom that's it i was like okay so yeah when i was building the creality ender one which is actually i looked it up it's only 200 dollars, not 350 oh, perfect. but um it was you have to build it, but yeah. it comes with the world's best instruction manual I've ever seen. Even really? though half of it's in a different language, I just look at the pictures and it's perfect. Even the but, pictures um, work? Even the pictures are perfect. Oh, it's in, I, think it, 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 I was pretty sure it's in a different language. I'm not good at Englishing, but I'm pretty sure it's Englishing? <laughs> my Englishing is not very good. Um, Sometimes I misspelled my own name multiple times on tests. So I think, so anywho, uh, that, that day, that night, actually, cause it was like 11 o'clock at night. I just finished setting it up. The, I had always like, okay, dude, this is a problem. I'm just going to order some extra jackets on Amazon. This will be good. They'll come here in two days. It'll be fine. So I wait two days and two days later they come naturally. That's how Amazon works. Um, <laughs> they get here. I put the jackets back on. It's like, okay, cool. I start printing. I'm not getting the error anymore. I'm like, all right, that fixed the problem. We're good. Another problem arose. <laughs> and this one I couldn't fix because it was a manufacturing defect. But what happened was 
as the nozzle was going on the like bottom left uh, corner of the build plate, the filament just wouldn't stick all of a sudden. And I was like, okay, what's the what's happening? And it would just it would like keep printing, and there would just be this glob of plastic all over the nozzle. And I'm yeah, like, that's, that's not a, a manufacturing defect. Yeah. No, that you set it up wrong. No, 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 no. All printers come like that. You have to set up the build plate. So yeah, you, you have to have level the it. Do something called auto home, and then you just kind of just move the printer head over to the point where you there's like little screws on the bottom. Yeah, like but the and worst then you just thing is tighten it until there's one piece of paper distance. And if it's still not sticking, what you do is you put glue stick all over your dome plate. The problem with that is, though, Taylor, it <laughs> it's so bad. We tried to auto calibrate it, and it worked really well, and everything for out of like two out of three out of four, or no, two out of four um, calibration points, it worked, you know, perfectly. But one of the problems was in the like I said in the bottom left hand corner when you tried to level it with the screws in the bottom, the screw would push it up so high and it's the printer still wouldn't say, okay, that's good. But it would print it would push it up so high that the screw came out. So there was no way to get it up to where it needed to be without pushing um, it up. Yeah, most printers don't have like printer points or whatever. Yeah, but if it's a if point. it's a industrial professional 3D printer, I guess, don't yeah. you think? <laughs> like I don't know, uh -huh. and for me, I think yeah, that experience that really. That part's a software defect, software bug. For me, that, that ruined MakerBot, and I was like, dude, I was so excited about this brand, and I had heard such good things. Because for those of you who don't know, Valiant, which is our, is which is our uh, like big rocket, the one that is in the the first the first rocket that we made in a very long time, um, but that was printed on a MakerBot. And the quality is obviously perfect. So I don't understand why mine didn't work. And I was like, there's no way this should work. But yeah, apparently... they're not great consumer ones. They're good for like big businesses. Yeah. People, most people have trouble with them. Businesses are fine because customer support actually cares about their business. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're, I, they're not... I, yeah, they're not good, I feel like. But now, so now we returned the printer and everything were refunded. So now we're getting, I'm getting a Dremel Digilab 3045, and that is coming tomorrow. So expect an announcement, everyone, about that new printer being added to our fleet. And after that, Horizon is going to start moving way faster. Speaking of which, uh, the progress report that David did earlier kind of brought everyone up to speed. But Taylor, do you have any news on Omega? I think it's like done, dude. We just have to build it. <laughs> and that is <laughs> that is happening when it like are we're doing a big event, right? That has to do it at or... some point. Yeah, we can talk about it after, but um, yeah, yeah, at some point. I know that, and that'll be that'll be really exciting to do because then I'll get to see because this is that'll be the first time that it we've even met each other in the first place. So. I think that'll be you don't even know what it looked like. <laughs> no, I I don't. No one knows what you look like because you keep keeping your identity like anonymous. And David, I, yeah. I'm in the same classes, or I'm one of, and I'm in one of the same classes as he is, so I know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows what I look like except for David and Landon. <laughs> Landon's never been on the podcast, but he's the. You're just a ginger. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I was surprised that I like uh, Rick Astley. I look a lot like him. You look like Rick Astley. 
Okay. Yes, sadly, yes. God, Taylor. Dude, Taylor, when you're older. Oh my god, when you're older, Taylor, just wait. What's happening? <laughs> you just rickrolled like all of our listeners. <laughs> our six listeners. That song made record books, though. That was like the most. Ins- 848 million views. Holy God. He has a YouTube channel. And he did it. I guess Taylor looks something like this guy. Yeah, and he and it's still playing there. There you go. <laughs> Any other okay, well that that's gonna go ahead and uh, do that. And honestly, I think that that is a great way to end this episode for of Rocket Talk with Rick Astley. So, um, really quickly before I'd like to end, never gonna give you up. Okay, Taylor. <laughs> Before we end, I would like to have a moment of silence really quickly honoring Martin Luther King Jr. because yesterday was his was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I'd like a maybe 10-second moment of silence starting now. Alrighty, well, ending Rocket Talk today, we have obviously David playing. <laughs> Never gonna give you up, and I think that. That was a perfect segment. Uh, you can go ahead and support us once again at Horizon Rocket, Horizon Rocket Proger. That's program, but without the A M at or dot wix site w i x dot com forward slash home. Once again, that's Horizon Rocket Proger, which is program without the A and the M dot wix w i x site dot com forward slash home. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rocket Talk. It's going to be um. It's soon to be just horizonrockets.com once yeah. we figure out how to do that. There you go. Yeah, but until then, that's the... Yes.